0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope we got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors rapper. 95 7 the game
2: Lee rips it through on the right side stumbles with the dribble runs into current who ripped it away pass to Poole 3 on 2 Poole for 3 off the dribble got it it's madness at chase center it's a 2 possession game with a minute 28 to go The Warriors getting a stop there. Jordan Poole with the 3, 117 to 111. Phoenix at that point with 128 to go, but it was not enough as the Warriors found themselves down 27 to the injury depleted and desperate for a victory. Phoenix Suns tonight, they go on and lose this. 125 to 113 as we welcome you inside Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 the game John Dickinson with you at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. that's the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here Xfinity mobile text line is open and no way around it that was awful <laughs> that that is as bad a loss and it's been a while since we've gone down this road I think because the Warriors have been so woefully shorthanded themselves at times over the course of the last month and a half that we kind of got away from the which game was the worst loss of the season. I, I think tonight you could make a case that this is the, the worst loss of, of the Warriors season. And the simple question, uh, if you want to vent tonight at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero, feel free uh, either via text or on the phone lines. Uh, I, I'm here for you. Tonight, because tonight was supposed to be the ultimate get-right game for the Warriors. Stephen Curry back in the lineup for the first time since December the 14th in Indiana. Andrew Wiggins playing game two. Hell, Clay Thompson was ready to roll after having to miss the game Saturday against the Magic. And the Warriors were looking to salvage the final game of an eight-game homestand where they won the first five and then ran out of gas a little bit even more depleted by injury by game number six and seven than they were at the beginning, and they started this homestand without Stephen Curry and and Andrew Wiggins. Maybe their two best, if if not best, most consistent players when you throw Wiggins in there at, at the start of this thing. So it was all set up for the Warriors to get a nice bounce back win, wipe the bad taste of the last two games out of their mouth, go plus four at six and two on the homestand to move from, What would be three under 500 when it began 15 and 18 back on Christmas night, two and a half weeks ago to a game over 500 and now getting closer and closer to full strength. Let's see if they can translate this out onto the road. Well, it didn't happen. Warriors down 31-26 into the first quarter. Uh, then they get outscored 28-19 in the second quarter, and the Warriors find themselves down 14 at the half, and it, it felt like they were lucky uh, in a sense because they had made so many three-pointers early, 7-14 uh, again, and they had done that a couple of different times on this homestand. But but the Warriors hit some threes. They were closer than you thought they should be given their lackadaisical defense. Uh, I mean, flat out, the Warriors treated tonight's game with their top seven in the rotation back for the first time in a long time as if all they had to do was show up. And the Suns, didn't matter what they did because they were without four starters. They'd lost six in a row and nine of their last 10. And the Warriors flat out didn't compete, didn't defend. And it looked like a Golden State Warriors team that felt like they could just show up and that was all they needed to do, and maybe a big run here or there, hit some shots, and the Suns were just going to go off into the night without much fight, and the Warriors were just going to get this win. The Warriors played tonight, and their veterans played tonight because this this is on the veterans. To it, it, you know, the, the young players and Steve Kerr addressed this in his post game press conference. The young players barely played tonight, and this felt to me like an early season. Eastern Conference road game where the Warriors were just content to kind of go through the motions, and you score, we'll score, and there's going to be a run coming at some point, and then the game is 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 over. And you know what? If the Warriors hadn't gotten down 27, if they had only gotten down say 17 or or, or so, they may have been able to win it with the Suns giving them every single opportunity in the fourth quarter to still somehow steal the game. I mean, the Suns were depleted. It was basically Macau Bridges and the back end of the Suns roster tonight. Uh, You know, guys that hadn't been getting much opportunity, uh, guys who don't play a lick if the the Suns are are even close to to 500, and they were able to build that 27-point lead. Damian Lee, revenge game for him. Uh Mikel Bridges ends up with 26, Damian Lee, 22 off the bench, Dwayne Washington, Jr., young player getting an opportunity who can fill it up a little bit. Uh, he made five three-pointers in, in the game, and the Warriors just flat out were out-hustled in this one. And you know, it, it, in my estimation, was a worse loss than either of the last two because you look at the Warriors in particular in the Detroit game, and they got Wiggins back in the Orlando game, but lost Clay Thompson. I thought that one was was weird off the jump. But, but to me, this loss, when you look at who the Suns brought in here to chase and the Warriors having their top seven, this loss is worse than any of the last two. I don't care what the Suns' record is you know, at, at this point. they they'd lost nine of the last ten. And so the Pistons and Magic at least had some young, athletic – teams coming in here that, yes, rebuilding, but I think you could make a case on both of those nights because the Warriors were so injury depleted and clearly a little tired at the back end of this homestand that maybe on those nights in particular, believe it or not, the Magic and Pistons might have had more talented rosters on the floor compared to the Warriors. That was not the case tonight. That was absolutely not the case tonight. The Warriors had their top seven. The Suns were without four starters, and the Warriors flat out played like a team that wanted to coast in this one, and they got down 27 and then tried to flip the switch in the fourth quarter with some defense, with some full-court pressure, with some hustle, and the Suns, essentially playing without a point guard down the stretch, couldn't get the ball past half-court half the time, uh, opened the door pretty wide for the Warriors, who if they had been able to make some shots – in the in the second half, and in particular the fourth quarter, at a little bit of a higher rate, they hit a few, but also miss some wide open looks. If if one or two more of those shots fall, maybe we are talking about uh, the Warriors surviving this one and and winning. Uh, but but you add it all up, and it's a one twenty five to one thirteen victory for the Suns and the Warriors reach the halfway mark of the season now at twenty and twenty one. So they come home three under. They will go back out on the road at one under, and losers of three consecutive home games here inside Chase Center. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Let's get it started with Zach on the phones here in San Francisco on 95.7 The Game. What's going on tonight, Zach? What's up? What's up, man? Um, You know, I was at this game tonight... Uh...
1: It was just piss poor, honestly.
2: Yes, it was. Thanks for the call. A man of brevity is Zach in San Francisco. We appreciate the call on that note. Look, I I think tonight is more concerning than really anything we've seen at any point this season for for the Warriors, to to be perfectly honest. I mean, the Warriors, it was just – you know i whether it's a lack of understanding as to how hard they have to to work to win against anybody you would think the last couple of games would have shown them that but it just you know whatever not used to the margin for error being very much different to this point uh it, it, it to me it's just concerning and i I'll, I'll say it and i i put it out on twitter i've been going back and forth with some of the hosts uh, you know, tonight and and other colleagues I think this is a bad home stand at, at five and three. I, I really do. I, I I think you go five and zero and you're starting to get healthier toward the end of it and add players back. And really, the tipping point I thought was tonight. It, tonight needs to be a win. And if you get to six and two, I think that is a that is the line of delineation for good home stand, bad home stand. When you look at the way that it started, you go five and zero and then end up five and three, playing the teams that you played at the back end. And again. I maintain tonight's the worst of all of them, given you – know, I mean, you look at Dwayne Washington, Bismack Biombo, Dario Saric, Torrey Craig were four of the five stars. Jacques Landale, Damian Lee, Josh Okogie. I, I mean, that, that – to lose that game in, in the fashion that the Warriors did and get down 27 in that game, it's just it, – it, it's just bad. It, it's just, you know, careless turnovers, poor defense, getting out-hustled. And the reality is the Warriors are basically in the same position they were in before the homestand began. And now they find themselves uh, having to go back out on the road and trying to work their way back into uh, a little bit of, of contention in a Western conference to where they really missed an opportunity, I think, at this point to to really already be basically in fifth or close to fourth in the West if they have been able to to finish thing you know finish this thing off uh in, in the right way. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. I say it's a bad homestand. I know others have said uh, in those that I have talked to tonight that they don't necessarily think that, that, it, that it's still not a terrible homestand, that the homestand overall was reasonable. So I, I, I've seen not terrible. I've seen reasonable. It does feel a little bit like you're trying to put uh, lipstick, on, uh, lipstick on the old pig at that point uh, to, to try and gloss this one up. But to me, the 5-0, the and oh, you know, how it starts does matter in terms of how it finishes. And look, I gave the Warriors a mulligan for the two L's because they were trying to work Wiggins back in, who clearly was out of sync. Wiggins was out of sync tonight. Curry was out of sync for three quarters tonight. I think you know if you do want to put some positive spin on it for, for Curry and for Wiggins, it would be the fact that, that they did start to look more like themselves in the fourth quarter. But the flip side to that is the Warriors, another game where they – expended a lot of energy to try and come back and you give them credit for that but it takes a toll it's a it's the old double negative only this double negative doesn't add up to a positive in a sense you could make the case the Warriors for tonight would have been better off just going quietly into the night and losing by 20 rather than having the bunch of veteran players end up really grinding down the stretch in a game that you wind up getting no, no credit for. So we'll hear from Steve Kerr on that coming up here. Uh, we'll also hear from others in the Bill King interview room. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is a bad loss that puts the Warriors, as they head back out on the road, in a position where I, I feel like everything is fragile again. And, and they haven't gotten off the hamster wheel of a few good games and then a few bad games. And, and look, you can't be 20 and 21 – And say, hey, everything's fine. This team's going to make a run. No. At some point, they're going to have to actually make some kind of a run in the regular season to, at a minimum, in my mind, push themselves out of the play-in tournament glut and push themselves closer to the top half of that Western Conference bracket. Now, the good news is it's still extremely jumbled up, and the Warriors are only a couple of games off of that, but I feel like we keep kicking the can down the road. From the 3-7 and seven start, oh, when's it going to be? Plenty of time. It's early, only November. Then it's Christmas, and they have to kick it in gear on the homestand, and they're going to do it because they've been dominant at home. Well, guess what? They're not dominant at home anymore because they just took three losses when they hadn't had three all year uh, you know, consecutively. And so I think this thing is right back to being fragile for the Golden State Warriors as they head for San Antonio tomorrow. So 888-957-9570, 888 uh, 957 about to get back to the phones here with Brian in San Francisco next on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on tonight, Brian?
3: Um,
1: Hey, 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 man, how are you doing tonight? Feel
2: I'm like, doing all right tonight. I'm fired up tonight. I I think this is a bad I'm, loss, man. I think it's a bad loss and I think it makes for it makes it hard for me to call this homestand a good homestand.
1: I was listening to Steinie and Guru earlier, and um Stine was talking about how it's not gonna happen and Guru was like debating him saying, No, it's gonna happen, no, it's gonna happen and you know the, the veterans are kind of tired. They're 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 not in sync. Um I understand coming off, like, Steph coming off of, like, his injury, Wiggins being sick, having the flu or whatever, and Iggy's, Iggy just hasn't played. So, I feel like tonight they should have still went with the young guys and had ease these guys in. But it's just all, you know, Kaminga's boot, it's just, like, a bad season. And it's okay. I'm still a fan. I love them. But it's not going to be easy at the end. We might not. It, it, we might have just had our parade last year. and. Something, something different's going
2: to happen this year. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way of looking at it, Brian. Like, it, it, and thanks for the call. And, and really, tonight the Warriors didn't have, they didn't really have the young players to play. I mean, Moses Moody, I guess, could have played, but but you look at Kaminga, he's been out. And is going to continue to be out. Wiseman is out now due to injury, so it wasn't going to be him tonight. And and frankly, I mean Anthony Lamb was was bad tonight. They didn't get a lot from Ty Jerome tonight. But Ty Jerome's going to play less when you have your full complement of guards. Like we've talked about the fact that once it comes back to Stefan Clay and Jordan Poole and and Dante DiVincenzo, you know, four guards is pretty much all you play. So that probably kicks Ty Jerome deeper into you know, the back end of the rotation at, at that point in time, and so he's not going to play as much. Again, Lamb just didn't have it tonight, and you look at Jordan Poole, who found it in the second half and finished with 27, but he looked a little tentative in the first half and, and unsure of, of how he was trying to fit in, and, and he was also, again, to just be brutally honest, he was a turnstile defensively. Uh, in, in this game, I mean, walk right by him. Oh, Draymond, at times tonight, you could tell, didn't have the 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 skip in his in his jump tonight. He didn't have the edge that we saw in those first four or five games of the homestand, uh, and and they just were disconnected. You know, anytime the Warriors take players away or add players back into the mix, it does typically tell you know, take them a few games to get themselves back into a rhythm all playing together and get that rust shaken off but at the same time you need to be able to play well enough to where you don't get down 27 to a Phoenix Suns team that's playing with one starter and the back half of their roster and then that sets you up to lose this game like that to me is just you know, inexplainable frankly when you have your your seven top players in, in your rotation uh, Mike and San Rafael is next here on Warriors wrap-up on ninety-five-seven. the game what's going on Mike
4: Hello. Good evening. I uh, just driving back from the game, and um, uh, disappointing loss. Uh, I I do think it was uh, not a successful home stand. They really should have been eight uh, 0 This should have been the toughest game if they were he- if Phoenix was healthy and they weren't. Um, and with their with their away record as it currently is, I don't remember what it is, but it's so bad. They needed to win all eight of these games, and so um, I think it's. Uh, not, you know, they looked very lost out there uh, most of the game till the end. They didn't play like they were trying to win all game pretty much till the end. And um, the, uh, you know, like one the one play at the end where uh, not at the very end, but I didn't understand what Iguodala was doing when he threw the ball into the stands. I mean, he's a veteran, um, and he knows better that you get ejected if you do that. And it's not like he's a rookie. Uh, I thought that was stupid. I, I don't know. I can't see that as being something to motivate to get ejected. I think that was a mental error, like many mental errors tonight. Um, those are my thoughts.
2: Thanks for the. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. I mean, when you go five and zero, you can make the case that you need to go seven and one or or eight zero on the home stand. Now, I thought eight zero, and I thought even when they were five and zero, that eight zero was probably going to be a, a a tall ask. And you know, went back and forth with Steiny and. And producer Evan, and you know, like, hey, all of these games are going to be hard. Well, tonight was the one where you get healthy enough to where you felt like it was going to be less hard compared to maybe some of the other ones. So you go five and zero. Oh, you got to at least get to six, and and really probably seven. Like, I'll hear you on that. If you think eight, and by the way, the road record's three and sixteen. So now seventeen and five home, three and sixteen on the road. And you know they're going to have to play better on the road. And every game you don't win is two games at some point that you have to make up if you want to get back over five hundred. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. As far as Iguodala goes, before we get to to some more phone calls here, yeah, it's just it's just bad. And and I couldn't tell initially what happened. I guess they didn't initially show a replay. Uh, on the on the broadcast, but he threw the ball into the stands. Is is what it sounds like happened, and that is an automatic ejection. And so, I mean, Iguodala. I, I know Steve Kerr's going to disagree with me when we play his post game press conference. I think Iguodala, for the most part, has been a zero in two games. Like, and you know, if he's going to be taking up a roster spot, he's going to have to be. Somebody that's making more of an impact on the game than we've seen him make in his in his limited time on the floor to this point. I know the Warriors love him. I know they're hoping that they're they're doing it a little bit differently this year to where he can be a a, a help in the postseason. And I think maybe they're even holding out that he can be a, a, a the key veteran wing player that you know can help him get over the top in a in a playoff type series. Uh, because they are shorthanded in terms of not having Otto Porter and Gary Payton the second and some other young players that I don't think they're necessarily going to trust over the the long haul of a a playoff series. So I think they're hoping that Godala can do more of what he did at the beginning of last year, at the end of this year, and on into the playoffs. But uh, again, they love him. He knows the secret sauce. The vets love him. I think there is tremendous value as far as just his presence around. But at some point... It's got to be beyond the presence around. It, it, it's got to be helping a team on the on the floor. Otherwise, you got to find some players that actually can help you on the floor. And, and yeah, to, to throw the ball out of bounds in a in really in a moment of frustration. And I think that's another big takeaway from the Warriors tonight is how frustrated they were. Like it looked, it looked at different points as if they had to, they were trying to turn it on and then couldn't turn it on. And then by the time they did, they were down 27, and it wound up still not being nearly enough. So eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's keep it rolling here. It's John Dickinson on Warriors wrap up. Warriors lose to the Suns one twenty five to one thirteen, and we move now to David in Lafayette uh, on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, David.
5: Hey, John. So I'm just coming back from the game too. I agree with you 100. percent I think it was actually their worst loss of the year. I mean, it's just an opportunity completely wasted. Uh, But, you know, they – I mean, basically, they could not control the inside at all. They're playing with a tiny lineup. About 30 minutes of the game, Wiggins or Clay Thompson is the power forward with Draymond at center. So they got Kaminga, they got Green, they got uh, Wiseman all sitting on the bench. You know, I mean, they can help on the interior somewhat, but none of those guys are really – a solution to give them an interior presence they have to trade for somebody to play on the inside because they just could not do anything inside they got rebounded out rebounded so badly at critical moments they lost offensive rebounds and they just have no interior presence i mean looney's great when he's on the floor but he's a 20-minute guy you know if they have looney they can't have both Igudala and green because then you have three guys that won't shoot you know so they 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 really have to get some help, I think. Either that or they're going to save a lot of money next year.
2: <laughs> well, they, yeah, thanks for the call. And and it is tricky because they did get beat up in 20 offensive rebounds for the Suns and some critical ones in moments where the Warriors are trying to come back, and that typically happens when the defense is flying around trying to get stops. You get out of position and, and the offense is able, if they're aggressive enough, to, to go get it, and size is, is part of that. Uh, as well, and, and the Warriors have made no bones about the fact that they prefer, in the biggest moments, to play smaller and to have their smaller players play bigger and really collectively make up for the, the fact with their speed and their ability to, to guard up a position from from maybe their height uh, to and also to collectively rebound and, and keep teams from from really hammering them the way that, that the Suns did tonight at times. And, and I wonder how much, though, a big man – would, would really help this Warriors team if a big man isn't gonna play in in you know, on this Warriors team. And and that's the thing I keep coming back to. There are individual games in the regular season where you could say, hey, a big man here or there would help the Warriors, but over the big picture grand scheme, I just don't see how that player would be playing in a finishing lineup. Like they're not going to put you know Jakob Pertl in, in with Draymond Green on the floor with Wiggins and Steph and Clay down the stretch in a game because they're going to want to have another wing player out there and have Draymond playing center and and have him and Curry, you know, trying to cook the the opposing defense who maybe is playing a big and you'll out hustle them and, and out you know athlete them to some of those rebounds. So it, it it's not as simple, I think, David, as as just finding you know finding a big. It, it's one of those things that might help you more get through the regular season and I respect that, than it would be to to be a position where you're trying to get somebody that's going to be able to contribute in the postseason. Duck Sauce is next in San Jose on 95-7 the game. What's going on, Duck Sauce?
3: Hey, J.D. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Uh,
2: Yeah, you too, too, my man. I totally agree with you tonight. I totally agree with you
3: tonight. Um, Probably one of the most alarming losses of the year. Uh, This has to be a win. I mean – like you said, it was M- Mikel Bridges, and not even their second string. I mean, that was their third string out there. And you know, they they they've lost five of the, you know, nine of their last ten or whatever. I mean, we, that there's just no excuse for that. I mean, they blew our doors off. It wasn't just a loss. I mean, cosmetically, that fourth quarter made made it look better than it was than it even was. Uh, and and you know, one one other big concern I've noticed the last couple games, just how old and slow we look. I really feel like we're having trouble turning the corner on guys. We're not getting to the rim. And, you know, essentially it's just getting swung around the perimeter until a contested three is taken. And uh, that, that that just concerns me. So I uh, totally agree with you. Uh, this is a low point and And, uh, you know, hopefully I'm just upset, man. But hopefully, uh, you know, look forward to hearing you on Saturday morning. Hopefully we're in a better mood by then. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks, Diddy.
2: Thanks, Duck Sauce. No, it's this is a tough one. I I think for for Warrior fans to to be able to swallow and and yeah, the Warriors didn't they didn't attack in inside really until the, the second half. I mean, it was it was too late. I mean, when they and I think some of it was they had success shooting threes, seven of the first fourteen, but then you wind up I think uh, what eleven of your last thirty four as the night goes on, and it ends up eighteen, which is a nice total of forty eight. Uh, 37.5%, but after the hot start, and they were still down, by the way, even though they were knocking down a 50% clip at 7-14, to 14, even though they were still down, they were able to uh, – they were they cooled off at, from that point. And so they needed some makes down the stretch that weren't coming, and they, they do have to be I, – I think the way the Suns were defending them also, you have, to, you have to take it to the – and we've seen the Warriors do that in playoff series where they, they'll take it to the basket, they'll hammer it to the basket, they'll get after teams that way, get to the free-throw line. I thought the Warriors stayed in the game to a certain extent uh, at times tonight by, by getting to the free-throw line, but you, you look at it you know, top to bottom and it just – it's got to be better than it was tonight given the opponent – and given the situation where this team really, through the first five games of this homestand, they were telling us that they believed that all of these games were more were important, were necessary, were, had to be wins. That it was go time, and I feel like you know they, they lost the rope a little bit uh, over the course of of the the last three games of this homestand, and understandable if. You look at the fact that they were more depleted with with Kaminga going out and Wiseman going out, who was starting to be a part of things. But then you get Wiggins back. Throughout the first game, he was rusty. Out of sync tonight with Curry, uh, coming back at least initially. But again, tonight was almost the game where you bring Curry back and you try to get everybody to shake all the rust off, but you do it tonight before you go on the road so you can still win the game even though you don't play well like tonight like to me that was the worst case scenario for the warriors tonight was hey you're still going to win the game even if you do play poorly but they just played so poorly and and in ways where they just couldn't defend and then the athleticism was a problem late they couldn't make a big shot when they would get a big stop and you just you add it all up and it, and it winds up being i think one of the more uh, confounding and and disappointing losses of of the entire year. Eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up a ninety-five-seven of the game. Suns 125. Warriors 113. So the Suns get beat uh, or the Warriors get beat by the Suns now for a third time in three meetings uh, on the season as these two teams are going to play one more time here between now and the end of the year. Let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Steve Kerr as he addressed the media. We'll come back. We'll get some text messages uh, as well. But here is the head coach of the Warriors as he met with the media inside Chase Center tonight.
6: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
7: Steve, what's your uh, assessment of how Steph looked tonight? Steph looked really good in the second half. He found his legs uh, underneath him and had to feel the game out for a while and obviously coming off that kind of absence it's going to take some time but um i thought he he found something in the second half
3: you you guys really
8: kind of cranked it up defensively in the fourth pressed them and and got back in the game and i know obviously you can't do that all game but why do you think it took so long to get any type of
1: defensive juice out there?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I take responsibility for that. I clearly didn't have our guys ready uh, to play, and that's that's my fault. Um, I've got to do a better job of giving them the – the the slap in the face that that Phoenix gave us, you know, in the first quarter, like these games are always, they always go like this. A team's got a bunch of starters out and then all the guys who normally don't play much, they can't wait to get out there. A guy like Saric comes out and and just kicks our butt. And these are all NBA players. These guys, you know, are all great players. This is, this is the league. Uh, There's no, easy days in the league. So I think the combination of, you know, that dynamic and then, um, you know, tr- us getting some guys back and trying to find our our rhythm, it really got us off to a slow start. But I, I did like the fact that we competed in that fourth quarter and fought like crazy because sometimes in this league, you forget how hard it is to win a game. It's really hard to win an NBA game. And the the difference between winning and losing is is like that. It's, you know, one team has the edge emotionally like Phoenix did and they set a tone right away. That's all it takes. You know, they they made 14 threes and got 20 offensive rebounds because they were the more aggressive team, the more confident team. So, I'm hoping that uh, that fourth quarter was the uh, the team that I have come to know and and love and recognize, but um we have to show that in the first quarter, not in the fourth quarter, and it's it's my job to to try to get that out of them
9: you mentioned Steph getting his legs back there uh, in the second half i know jordan hasn't missed games like steph but did you sense him getting his something going you know certainly end of the end of the third and the end of the fourth quarter clearly the, the buckets happened too but did you just did you see him yeah jordan was great game?
7: in the second half uh the first half we uh, we didn't have anything going uh, but i didn't like the level of competition i didn't like the the the, the looks on our faces, the body language. Um, I felt like we were all sort of uh, feeling sorry for ourselves in that first half. And the second half, uh, we just started playing and started competing and got out of our own heads and and committed to each other, committed to the game. And I know it was too little too late, but that's what it takes. And uh, we've had this weird stretch with, uh, with no wigs, no Steph. Um, we've we've hung in there our, our our bench guys have done a great job of of hanging in there but we're you know we're not a team that's in rhythm right now as a result and part of finding a rhythm is just competing and um we didn't do that for such a long stretch in the game that we didn't have enough time to come back and win
9: you go they would all start the fourth i know we got the stint in the first quarter what, what what was the reasoning there and i imagine he gave you exactly what you were looking for there
7: Yeah. I mean, Andre is, uh, you know, he's so good defensively, so good moving the ball. Um, He's just, you know, got an intelligence about him and there's the game there. There's a connection with, with Andre uh, with the guys when he's out there and we needed that connection. And uh, I thought he played, played really well when he was out there and helped spark that run.
9: We saw Wiggins battling with Landale and and then like the spear and the full court press. Do you think that, kind of got some juices uh, going for him because he looked to be rusty since he's
10: got back. Yeah. That was a good defense.
7: Yeah. He wigs was really rusty the other night and in the first half. And, um, and I just think the um, you know, the, the the level of ball pressure and intensity that he showed in the second half, especially in, you know, late third and, and, or uh, I guess fourth quarter, it was, that's who we need him to be. And uh, you know, that's who he was in the playoffs last year. And Coming off this long layoff, he he hasn't looked right until that fourth quarter, and uh, so I actually told the coaches, I think this could be a good thing for us. Honestly, you you need to get a wake-up call. You need to be reminded how hard it is to win, and you need to understand the level of commitment to each other to the game that it takes to to win a title. Our 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 vets know that. Our, our young guys are still learning all that, but hopefully this is the uh, the jolt that we need to to get ourselves going because it's been this first half of the season's been full of stops and starts. And Steve, do you feel like the double overtime game had any effect on your guys' energy levels? The past couple games, no. Did you see the iguodala the
9: ejection play? Is it just he threw it out? Did you see any of that? I didn't see it, and was it explained no.
7: to you? No, no, I didn't get an explanation. uh Carl Lane called it, and he was on the other side of the floor, and and um, you know they. I, I never got an explanation from from him as to why he called it. So, oh, I guess I'll find out tomorrow.
11: When it comes to you were just talking about with the younger guys, you know, there aren't any. I'm sorry, there aren't any easy games. There, there is no. You guys have been starting stop at the same time though all season long. Was do you think there was any maybe assumption or just kind of expectations from less experienced guys that okay, yes, yeah, Steph's back. Okay, yeah, Andrew's back. We're getting back, so it should just click right away and and kind of just take that I don't
7: I don't know that uh you know that was the case I mean we didn't play young guys tonight you know our young guys are are either hurt you know Moses didn't didn't get on the floor PBJ didn't get on the floor James and JK are are injured so we played our vets tonight to me this was uh as I said my first comments combination of letting our guard down because uh, Phoenix had so many guys out and then uh being out of whack, out of rhythm because of the absences and the, um, you know, the guys trying to find their footing. And, but as I said, the only way you can get through that is to compete. And we didn't start competing until it was too late.
2: Yeah. The Warriors have to compete better. And I think that's the biggest disappointment on a night like tonight And I think it makes it a bad homestand, the fact that the Warriors treated tonight like all they had to do was show up. And you can say Jordan Poole figured it out down the stretch, and Andrew Wiggins knocked the rust off. Same for Steph Curry, but you needed to be able to do all of that if you were going to do it and not get down 27 to a team playing with one starter out of five and the back third, basically, of their roster. And to where you're fighting the uphill climb, you're expending all kinds of energy late, to try and, and salvage a game that frankly should have been taken care of to, to begin with a lot earlier. And and I understand it if you get down. Like, I understand if you get down, there's a little lull at the beginning of the game, but you got to be able to keep it close enough to where you do make your run, and I think we all knew the run was coming at some point, that the run doesn't push it. From 27 down to about 10 or nine, you know, briefly, you want that run to go from maybe 15 to to a point where where you're tied or you're ahead in a game, and the Suns were were looking to crumble. They really were. I mean, the the, the talent level that they were putting out there, they were looking to crumble uh, in this thing, uh, but but the Warriors just uh, wouldn't let them. Frankly, uh, at different points. Uh, and they go on to win it 125 to 113. So I thought it was interesting. Steve Kerr did say that he thinks that this could be a, a wake up call, but I, I feel like it's been a first half full of potential wake up calls for the Warriors. I mean, they get off to the three and seven start. At that point, you look at some of the losses in in, in that group, and it just it just shouldn't have been as bad as it was. For the, for the Warriors at that point. A lot of close games they let get away late. Then they make a conscious effort to fight back 10-4 and four to get to 13-11. and 11. But I thought they let the game against Indiana slip in this building. Uh, they let the game against Utah get away where they give up the four-point lead in the, in the final 13 seconds. That turns into a, a loss when it looked like it was going to be one of their, their bigger wins of the year. And then the injuries pile up. And and so you know you're going to take some losses at that point that are going to put you behind the eight ball a little bit coming home. But the, the disappointing aspect of it, top to bottom, is the Warriors showed ultra competitiveness at the beginning of this homestand. You knew they would bring that against Memphis because they frankly hate Memphis. They respect them, as Clay Thompson said, but they can't stand them. And so they brought that kind of level of play into the game. And then they did it again and again and again because they had to shorthanded against some some teams that, that could beat them if they didn't and would have beaten them more easily if they didn't. But the Warriors won all those games, hit a wall, but tonight is you know tonight needed to have with the opportunity to at least finish with a win and finish with your top seven intact. Tonight needed to be more of the crazy competitiveness that we saw in the first three or four or five games of the homestand. There was a refuse-to-lose component to the Warriors against the Grizzlies, against Charlotte when it got tight late, against Utah and Portland when it was tight late, and you had to come back in the fourth quarter with big defense as the Warriors tried to do in this game tonight. Uh, if, if you play with that spirit throughout the course of the ball game tonight, you wind up winning this game. Uh, I think with your run in the fourth quarter, as the Warriors were able to to win this game with their run in in some other fourth quarters, they just let it get too far gone to a point where even when they came back, uh, it just was was not going to to be meant to be. 8 eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero, triple eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. I say a bad homestand. What say you? Uh, you can't go five and zero and then end up five and three. You can't return home off of that road trip under five hundred leave again to go on another five game road trip which begins Friday in San Antonio and still be below 500 and be able to claim hey it was a good home stand. I think it's missed opportunities. I think this loss tonight was worse than the Detroit or Orlando losses and I think you know it it really is is more concerning I think than anything we've seen to this point this season. I'll also take it a, a step further. You know the Warriors are still under 500 as I just mentioned. They could have separated. You know, they they could have, with a, another win or two, been essentially fifth, or maybe even pushing fourth in, in the Western Conference. Now they got to go out on the road, and they've got to work harder on the road as a three and sixteen team on the road. They're going to have to work harder to win on the road. And you know, I'll be honest in looking at this trip, the Spurs game is going to take more energy than a normal Spurs game would because it's going to be in the Alamo Dome nationally televised with fifty-five to 60,000 people there. Like, that game is going to have a very different feel compared to a normal Friday night, nobody's paying attention game at the AT&T Center against a team that has one of the worst rosters in the in the NBA. And let me tell you, if you lose at home to who the Suns put out there tonight, you can lose on the road with 60,000 in the Alamo Dome on Friday, especially when you come into it already a 3-16 and team. Like, that's that's you know, point blank, bottom line there. And then you've got, after that, you've got a back-to-back. And, and, again, you're going from San Antonio to Chicago. So you're going from way down south, up north to the Midwest, and you're playing an afternoon game on Sunday against the Bulls. So you're playing an afternoon game Sunday. You've got a back-to-back, but it's back-to-back afternoon games. So you're going Chicago to D.C., you're playing in DC, second of a back-to-back Monday on the MLK holiday, and then you stay over in Washington because you're going to the White House to be honored for winning the NBA championship last year. That's what Tuesday is. Before you end up going to Boston, and then the and then the if if that trip hasn't been taxing enough to that point, even that was the easy part of the trip. That was the fun part of the trip. That was the most winnable games portion part of the trip. Then you go to Boston against a Celtics crowd that you know is going to be in a froth on Thursday, and then the second of a back-to-back in the fifth game in what will be eight nights at Cleveland, a team that's been top four in the Eastern Conference for the better part of, of this season. That's how uh, you end it uh, before you head home and, and you take on Brooklyn for the for the next little home stretch here to, to close out the, the back end of January. So you're going to have to work harder, and and while I think the Warriors believe if they're full strength they're going to get on some kind of a run here, you know, this road trip is laid out a little bit differently than a lot of road trips typically are. With the way that again two more back to backs, but you've got a couple of days in between. But then you've got what should be a, a real nice event at the White House, but also just another thing that you got to do uh, that, that 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 takes a toll as you you push forward. Uh, over now the back half of the season, beginning here, coming up in a, in a couple of days. All right, we're going to hear from Jordan Poole first. Let's, uh, let's get uh, some business and, and hear uh, quickly from Steve Kerr as he gives our station ID.
7: You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM, in HD1 San Francisco.
2: Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. And we appreciate everybody watching on Twitch and YouTube here on 95.7 The Game. All right, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Jordan Poole. We'll also hear from Clay Thompson as uh, the Warriors lose this one to the Suns, 125-113. to 113. Here's JP.
9: Jordan, what do you think changed for you guys, like late third quarter? Obviously, the first most of the first three quarters didn't go so well. What happened to kind of get things going for you and for the team?
10: Mm, we just played a bit more aggressive we tried to put ourselves in the situation to win came out with more energy in the second half uh just got to find ways to start the game like that
0: how is it different for you you know for, you started the last 17 games and this is the first time you came off the bench in that span I mean how is that how do, how do you approach the game maybe differently it seemed like you got off to a slower start
10: I mean obviously be ready be prepared for whatever opportunity you get I mean just go out there play my game Try to put my teammates in situations to be successful, no matter who I'm out throwing a court with. Got pick times to be aggressive. It all depends on the tempo of the game, the momentum of the game. All of those things go to, into account. Especially when you're coming in after after seeing like the first six minutes or so, see how they're guarding, see how they're playing, and just adjust to it and uh, just try to make an impact whenever uh, given the opportunity.
0: Is there any difference in the way you approach your game like tonight, you weren't starting before you were starting. I mean, you've experienced this already before, but is there any difference in your approach when you're changing like that in the lineup?
10: Not necessarily in my approach, but I mean, when you start you come in, you kind of get to fill the game out a little bit more, figure out how they're guarding you, figuring out um, the rotations, the coverages, right? You get all game to kind of figure that out. See different pictures. Okay. Uh, coming off the bench, you kind of get to see it a little bit earlier, see how they're guarding you and then, Playing to the rhythm, playing to the momentum of the game. Depending on when you come in, depending on what our team needs, is what you what you can bring forward. Whether it's scoring, whether it's being aggressive, whether it's getting your teammates involved, whether it's getting ball movement, it's it's all different. So uh, just trying to figure it out. It's a learning process. Um, you
11: know, Steve made a point of you know there weren't there weren't young guys playing tonight. It was all more experienced, more veteran players but still how is it trying to readjust to having Steph and then also Andrew as well back out on the court after after not having the two of them out there?
10: Yeah, even even Andre yeah. came back. Uh, we got three new guys who haven't played in quite some time, and Andrew and Steph were playing at an extremely high level uh, before they had some time off, and um, it'll take probably a couple of games for those guys to get, to get going and playing at the highest level again, but that just comes with it after um, not getting any game reps uh, over a couple of weeks, but We've all played with each other before. We know what everybody's strengths are, and we'll put the pieces together.
11: My second question is, I mean, you guys started this homestand 5-0. and Has there been a kind of common denominator, common thread over these past three games that may have turned the tides to close out this homestand?
10: Not sure. Jordan, what about this Suns team has been so, like, difficult for you guys to figure out this season? Not sure.
0: You guys are at the halfway mark of your season. I mean, just how would you assess how it's gone so far?
10: we're 20 and 21 and we need to string some wins together luckily we got five wins at home Uh, not too long ago we just got a couple guys coming back and uh, these guys have been here before and we know what it takes to win so we'll apply that and uh, it's about time to start winning some games
0: Steve said he hoped that this would be a wake-up call for you guys to be reminded just how hard it is to win in this league do you guys view this loss as like a wake-up call
10: Yes there was a lot of good teams in the league. You know, it's a tough league. That's why it's the best league in the world. And no game is given night in and night out, no matter who's out there playing. And I think uh, they did a good job of showing that tonight. Um, but we just got to find ways to win games. We will. Um, it takes a little bit of time, um, but I think it's about time for us to flip the switch for sure.
2: It it without a doubt, it's about time for for the Warriors to to get this thing together and, and flip the switch. There's no question about it, and now they're going to have to do it on the road, where they're three and sixteen in in the first nineteen games. And so I I maintain, while yes, the rust was apparent, and the starters getting everybody back and having the top seven is is a good thing. And and I did make note earlier, as uh, Patrick so kindly did on Twitter as well, uh, the fact that you know when you get couple of players in the rotation, it throws the rhythm off, and it takes the Warriors a few games. This has happened even with the best iterations of this Warriors team. It takes a few games, but when you're 20 and 21, you know, and not 30 and 11, as the Warriors were last year, or even 23 and 18, you can't afford to just take L's here and there to get everybody right. You know, this team needs to win, you know, and I've said this a lot. You, you can't be... A game or two under 500 and tell me everything's fine still champs you know at some point this team this year's team has to get on a run to show that they're capable of being good and going on a run if this team does make a run in the playoffs we're going to look back at some point January February March April and say okay that they showed over this stretch X Y or Z with everybody on this current roster, that they're capable of, of doing that, they did that last year when they were eighteen and two, when they were thirty and nine, when they were forty one and thirteen. This team hasn't really sniffed that uh, at any point. Uh, ten and four, you now ten and four is that's you know, ten and four is that's a fourteen game sample. I'm talking about twenty game samples. We're talking about. 39 game samples. We're talking about a 55 game sample last year before they coasted down the stretch and were healthy right or weren't healthy up until the playoffs started and then they got everybody back and then they got on a run and all the pieces fit. By the way, that team had Better veteran glue pieces in Gary Payton II and Otto Porter Jr. that this team flat out just doesn't have. Uh, spare me the, the Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome you know talk. Spare me that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be the defensive stopper the way Gary Payton II was. Uh, maybe, but he's going to have to prove it, and he hasn't been able to prove it over a, a lengthy stretch uh, to this point in, in time. All right, let's uh, hear a little bit from Clay Thompson as he met with the media. Clay was hot early, finished with 29, six of 14 from three, but unfortunately, another really good Clay game offensively that ends up being an L for the Warriors. In this one, here's a couple of minutes of Clay. Why do you think
8: you guys just kind of didn't have it defensively for first few quarters? I'm not sure, but maybe with uh, Steph and Wiggs coming back, we probably relax a little. Bit more than we should because we thought, you know, just showing up, maybe we get the dub. But I love the intensity you play with towards the end. And you know what? Sometimes you need a loss like this to remind yourself how hard it is to win in this league. And I think we could turn it into a positive.
9: That run you guys made in the fourth was it just a matter of, okay, we have to
8: dial this up here. I think it was a combination of a few things probably just great effort and intensity and just being um, the more aggressive team.
11: You guys started this this homestand on a five-game winning streak and then lost the last three. I mean, could you, can you find a pulse on anything that's shifted in these three most recent games that maybe you had in those first five?
8: To be honest, not really, but we're halfway through the regular season. We are uh, one game below 500, which is not ideal, but we know it can be turned around and it's going to take a collective effort from every individual on this team. So we just got to go on this road trip with the same intensity we play with at the end of the game. And I know we'll come out with a great record.
0: What happened um, when you got that technical foul? What caused that or what happened out there?
8: Might have said a bad word along with the line, it was a bad call. But what can you do? I just, uh, yeah, I just did not agree with the call and I let it be known.
0: Draymond has said before, like he doesn't care where you guys end up in the standings. Are you concerned about the standings as the team?
8: We would like to end, be as high as possible, but what's more important than that is being 100% healthy and whole and clinching, obviously, a playoff spot anywhere. I mean, we know how to win on the road. We know how to win a championship, so it's about putting ourselves in position to be at, in peak physical form and uh, hopefully before that comes, just getting a great rhythm offensively and Be very tight knit defensively, and we can get it done. You were out there for some of
9: the time when Andre was in the fourth quarter. Uh, Definitely seemed like he was a big part of that. Uh, What was that like to see Andre in the middle of things again? And and yeah,
8: kind of so great to see Andre out there. Um, He's done so much for this franchise. He's been such a great veteran to everybody, and it was just a pleasure to see him out there in the uniform of the Warriors. Anytime he's out there, that number nine, it's it's special for a franchise and. It was great to see him out there competing.
2: Yeah, great to see Iguodala out there competing, and again, his his talents and his ability to to help this thing a uh, higher higher value clearly uh, among the coaching staff and the players. So I'm going to roll with them on that. Uh, but but I thought getting getting ejected from the game in the manner that he got ejected from the game that's that's pretty weak sauce if if you ask me. Uh, but, again, uh, I, I'll defer to the champions and, and the coaching staff as far as it it goes with, with Iguodala, uh and, and his benefit to this team. Most prevalent point for Clay Thompson, the, and he said it right out of the shoot, that they, they let up a little bit, getting Steph back and having Wiggins for a second straight game, looking across and seeing the fact that Phoenix had so many players out. They let up. They got down 27, and they couldn't overcome it. And and now they find themselves because of that at, at 20 and 21. I do agree with Clay in the sense that that being healthy and whole is important. But here's the thing: you were healthy minus Dante Divincenzo the first 10 games, and you were three and seven. You were healthy tonight. You had your top seven, and I know there was rust involved. You lost tonight to a team. You, know, you didn't lose tonight to Memphis. You didn't lose tonight to Boston. You you lost tonight to a team that had one starter and the back half of their roster that that hadn't won a game in you know, or won one game in about three weeks. Like that that is a bad bad sign for this team at this point. But uh, yeah, the Warriors are going to have to. And I will read this text here from the two four zero JD. The game is played on the court, bro. Uh, ain't no telling what will happen in the next five games. Relax. We will be fine looking for, uh you know, looking ahead to uh San Antonio. Uh look and five four one asking about Kaminga as well. Like I Kaminga has really helped the, the Warriors maybe more. I mean, Kaminga would be the one player that I mean he could have helped tonight for sure. He could have helped with the athletic uh Orlando Magic and, and Detroit Pistons teams. I I don't think there's there's much doubt about it, but you start looking ahead it you can't relax with this team on the road <laughs> they've won three road games all year you're telling me they're just going to go snap their fingers and win three games on the road like i think if they had won tonight it would have been kind of go time like they got to prove it at this point like and and we'll talk about it over the course of the next couple of days but i mean let's be honest the warriors at this point i mean do you feel do you feel better about the warriors going on the road and and winning three right now given the fact that they only have three road victories total on the season? Or or do you feel like it would be more likely that they'd go lose in San Antonio in front of 55,000 fans? I mean, at, at this point, who, who the heck knows? And, and again, I'm just telling you, that trip, you know, at some point, look, the, the Warriors are capable of winning any game, especially when they're whole. But at some point, you got to go out and you got to show that you can do it and you can do it. Even as you expend the energy that it takes to do it and keep doing it over and over and over, because that that ultimately, and we'll close it out on this note. The bottom line is, you know, yeah, could the Warriors be a seven seed or an eight seed and win a playing game and, and get into the tournament? And oh, they're the seven seed and they're playing Denver, and they'd love that matchup. And maybe they're able as a seven seed to upset Denver, and then it's like, all right, who you who you? playing then are you playing oh you're playing Dallas so you can beat Dallas and then it, to me it's it's not so much can you win a series or can you even win two series as an underdog it's can you win four series as an underdog playing extra games because you probably will play extra games if you're going to be starting these series on the road to me the path is too close to being right there in front of them with frankly west being mediocre at this point it it's too close to to being right there to where to me they have to take if they can't take it this year as far as working their way back up into the top four then that to me that's a sign that they don't have it when it comes to playoff time and again not that they can't win a playoff series or two I think they absolutely could and probably even would make a run it's can you win a championship doing that with this roster and we may look back Now, as much as we don't want to admit it, we may look back later and go back to now and say, you know what, the Warriors were really telling us all along that maybe they didn't have it in this current iteration. But it remains to be seen and the Warriors can still flip everything around in the second half and maybe come the middle of April we're talking about a team that, that is still you know top four in the Western Conference, and we'd be feeling very, very different about where this team is at at that point. All right, we'll close it out on that note. Uh, appreciate everybody, uh, all the phone calls, all the text messages. Uh, that'll do it as uh, we'll end the night there. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. For cutting up the highlights of the post game sound, I'm John Dickinson. Look for a new Warriors weekly podcast with my guy Matt Steinmetz and myself should drop tomorrow around noon, and then I'll be back with you on Friday uh, for Warriors wrap up after the Warriors take on the San Antonio Spurs. Damon and Rado are going to have Warriors live for you at four o'clock for that three thirty for that one uh, uh, Warriors live. That's a four thirty early tip from San Antonio and the Alamo Dome. And then due to the 49ers game, Warriors this week is going to get pushed to Sunday. So stay tuned for that here on 95.7 The Game. That'll do it. We'll talk to you on Friday night as uh, the Suns beat the Warriors tonight, 125-113. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game.